Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, we're in this awesome series um, called Kingdom Culture. Wasn't last week good? Wasn't the word really good? I'm just so thankful for his word. Um, can I just say something about that, that we believe that here at Elevate Church, that like everything starts and ends with the Word of God. Like, like every one of my messages comes from the Word of God. I just believe that that is the focal point of our life. That's where we find knowledge. That's where we find understanding. That's where we find truth. And in a world, um, you know, me and Ryan, Ryan Wonderly, we're talking about this, how isn't it knowledge is doubling every, what, Every three months, knowledge is doubling in the world every three months. And that's just a wild, wild uh, perspective. But how do you know that as knowledge doubles, that doesn't mean truth doubles? We're getting farther away from truth. And so uh, the Word of God brings us back to a place of real truth and understanding and uh, how to live out this life. And that's what we're really talking about this summer. We're really talking about really coming back to some basics, bringing us back to the Word of God and how to live a victorious life in Jesus through His Word and through His understanding. And so uh, we're going to jump in today. Come on, let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would lead and guide everything we talk about today. Lead our thoughts. Give us new perspectives and understanding directly from you. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Okay. Okay. Today, if you're taking notes, I encourage you to take notes. Uh, my message is called Chasing uh, Happiness, Chasing Happiness, okay? Um, I don't know if it's just me getting older, but as I get older, one thing I understand is this. I love the sun more and more, okay? Can I get an amen for the sun, all right? Um, I didn't understand why people built houses in Florida for the winter. Now I do, okay? I mean, I totally get it. I love, I love the heat. Who's a fan of the heat in here? You're like, give me all the heats, okay? Love the heat. I love the sun. Um, I love pools. Can we get an amen for pools, okay? Love pools. Um, the other day, me and Michael were driving. Uh, we had like that summer rain where it's like that sweet smell and he had some like scientific term and I'm like good for you you're learning something at school and he's like oh I actually learned it from the song I listened to I'm like okay thanks a lot man okay um love the windows down who drives with the windows down I'm, I'm old school okay I know some of you are like nah just give me there I'm like nah give me that give me the windows down I know that right now this is a big deal for Jess because She's like praying every time we're in a car that cicadas don't fly into the car, okay? She, uh, she had a bug on her the other day, and she, guys, she will take her shirt off in a second, okay? I swear, I mean, that thing will fly off in a second. It doesn't matter where we're at, okay? I literally asked her the other day, I said, if, if a cicada came into the car and you were driving, what would you do? She was like, I just would leave the car. I would exit the car. I'm like... I'm like, this is insane, okay? So, um, but I love summer, and um, I feel like Olaf when he sings that song about summer. Um, one of the things that I know about summer is this, is that in the summer, I become what? Really thirsty, okay? Anybody else like that? I just want to like, 
like, it's weird. In the summer, I don't want to eat as much. I just want to drink. And uh, for me, for me, like, my, my favorite, favorite thing to drink in the summer is an ice cold. Let me grab it real quick. Real quick. Come on, somebody. Give me, come on, somebody. Now, listen, listen. Come on. Listen, this is the zero version. Anybody ever had the zero version? I, no, 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 no. Listen, I literally think they're lying to us, okay? Because I, I think it's the same thing, okay? It's amazing, okay? I, I love me some Mountain Dew, and I love it that there's no sugar in it. But, but I love it really, really super cold, okay? Anybody else like that in the summer? You're like, I just need my drink to be super, super ice cold. And so I, lo- I love Mountain Dew, okay? And I love that it will refresh me, okay? But how many know this? It will only refresh me until when? I become thirsty again, okay? So I want you to do uh, me a favor real quick. I want you to think of something that makes you really happy, okay? Close your eyes for a second, okay? I want you to think about something that makes you really happy really happy, okay? All right, now I want to show you something, okay? Got that video for me? All right, so this is what makes me really, really happy, okay? So this is a place called Typhoon Lagoon. Anybody ever been to Typhoon Lagoon? Okay, like two people, okay? Listen, okay, you're going to see right here. Do you see, is it coming? Yeah, you see that wave right there? Okay, so this is this water part. So, boom, okay. So every two minutes, they send out this like 15-foot wave, okay? And when this wave hits you, I mean, guys, it just destroys your life, okay? Wherever you're standing, you are no longer standing there. I mean, you're, you're hitting people, like your elbow. I mean, it's just like, it's just straight chaos in the water. And then like, you know, like five seconds later, you're like, I'm alive! I made it, okay? So for me, for me, I love Typhoon Lagoon. Like, that's just a happy, happy place. All right, so has everybody got your happy place in your mind, okay? Everybody's thinking about your happy place, okay? All right, now here's the truth, okay? Here's the truth, all right? Give me a drum roll, okay? Can you do it real quick? Give me a drum roll. There we are. We got some feet. We got some hands, okay? Drum roll is this, okay? The truth is this. It'll make you happy. You're like, wow, this is like so deep today, Pastor Jeff. It will. Like, it will make you happy. Whatever you just thought of. Typhoon Lagoon, it will make me happy. Until I become thirsty again. Until what? Until I get it. Haven't you ever come to that place where you're like, you want something so bad and you are searching for it and you get it and you have it. And then what happens? You get it, you have it, you experience it. And then what happens? You start thinking about what's the next thing that's going to make me happy. See, I've learned that happiness is like chasing the wind. Okay. I've learned that happiness is forever changing. Okay. 
I've also learned that like what made me happy when I was younger changes over time, okay? Like when I was in high school, it was two restaurants, okay? I've talked about these before. Ponderosa Steakhouse and The Sizzler. Anybody a fan of either one, Ponderosa or The Sizzler, okay? Listen, when I was in high school, man, if you told me that we were going to The Sizzler, I was like, we're throwing down tonight, okay? I mean, like I'm getting some steak, okay? And I, I thought that like that was the best. Like that is like the best. And then one day you turn 40 and you have a little more money than you did when you were 18 years old, okay? And you're like, I really want to treat my wife to a great meal. It's her birthday. So you go try out this restaurant called the Capitol Grill, okay? Anybody ever been to the Capitol Grill, okay? If you haven't, check it out. And you go to the Capitol Grill and you put that first bite of that steak in your mouth, okay? And it's like juicy and buttery and just like perfect, like perfect. You know, like when you ask for medium and they never get it right, okay? Like never get, well, this is like the perfect medium, like perfect medium, okay? And then you put their lobster mac and cheese into your mouth, okay? And you're like, let's just end life right now. Let's just go to heaven, all right? You realize quickly, like, what made you happy when you were 18 and what made you happy when you're 40 changes? And we're searching for these things that are trying to make us happy. So what am I showing you today? I'm showing you this loop that the enemy gets us in. He wants us to chase. It's like a dog. You ever watch a dog chase its tail, you know, like a circle, and you're like, buddy, I'm praying for you, man. <laughs> but you're never going to get there. It's the same thing. The enemy loves like putting us in this endless loop where we're trying to chase after happiness. We're trying to figure out like, hey, when I lose enough weight, when I lose enough weight, I'll be happy. How about this? When I become my own boss, you know, anybody that's ever worked for anybody thinks like, if I was the boss, <laughs> you know, or how about this? How about you think like, if I just get that thing that I never got when I was like 10, you know, and you're like searching eBay, you know, or you think like, if I find the right man or if I find the right woman, you know, like every time I marriage counsel, I, the first thing I talk about is this, like, hey, this person is not going to completely you. Like, it's just not. And so the enemy gets us in these loops where we are constantly searching and grabbing for what's going to make us happy. And I don't know if you've lived long enough, but I have, and I've come to this place where I've realized, like, even when I get what I really, 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 really want, it still doesn't complete me. Doesn't complete me. So today we're going to talk about how to find real joy, okay? Because have you realized that like Jesus never talked about like happiness? He talked about joy, okay? He talked about peace. And when we got to figure out how to learn how to have these things. So go with me to Galatians, all right? If you got a Bible, open up to Galatians. If you got an e-Bible, open up to Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. 
Uh, we're going to be in verses 16 through 25 today. Verse 16 says this. Let me emphasize this. As you yield to the dynamic life and the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? The Holy Spirit is so important in our life. And yielding our will to the Holy Spirit is so important. It says this, you will abandon, okay? Have you ever seen somebody like abandon ship or leave ship? Okay, it says, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. So the word's telling us what? We're selfish people. Everybody's like, not me. That's not true. We're all selfish people, okay? All right, point number one is this. What's your passion? What's your passion? Let me ask you a question. Why are you alive? Have you ever asked somebody that question? You would think that they would have an answer pretty quick. But if you've ever like sat at a table and looked across and said, why are you alive? Why do you exist? Why are you here on earth? This is like a mind-blowing question. This is a deep question. And I'll be honest with you, most of the time, people can't really answer that question. Or they fumble through the answer trying to create an answer that, you know, lives up to this question. Why am I alive? Why do I exist? When I was uh, 29, um, I had got a job offer. Um, and it was with Stryker. It's a medical sales group in Michigan. And uh, Stryker makes like probably 90% of every hospital bed in the world. They make, you know, all kinds of tools for surgeries and all kinds of things. And um, I got this job offer. And um, they wanted to start me at $105,000. Like, that was just my base. And they're like, you know, you'll probably make close to two hundred with all the sales this year. You're really good at selling. And, um, and this was, like, a huge offer, okay? I don't know if you think $105,000 is a lot of money, but I still, I mean, to this day, think $105,000 is a lot of money. And so I got this job offer, and, um, and I was really thinking about it because, you know, at the time I was a youth pastor and I made $39,000, okay? And I had made $39,000 for six years straight. And, um, and we, had, we had, at that time, I think Ben was just born. Um, and so how many of you know that like $39,000 doesn't go crazy far because, you know, we wanted just to stay home with our kids and raise our kids. And so we were making like, really great sacrifices for her to be at home and to raise our kids. And like, and so I remember like really praying about this. And have you ever prayed where you're like trying to convince God of something? You're like, God, this is a really great deal, okay? I need you to pay attention to me, Lord, okay? Like really, really hone in on this prayer, okay? You can forget about all the other prayers. This prayer is really important, God, okay? So I'm having those moments and the Lord keeps bringing me back to what? This isn't the mission of your life. This isn't why you're alive, okay? Now, I understand that a lot of you are like, well, I'm not called to be a pastor. I'll take that $105,000, okay? You can give it to me, okay? I get that. 
But let's look at this text again, okay? As you yield to the dynamic life and the power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life, the cravings of selfishness, okay? So a couple months ago, I don't know, maybe more than a couple months ago now, maybe five, six months ago, uh, you can put up that picture. Um, This is me at our open house thing, okay? And I remember I met this family. That is Matt, and I know you can't see her face. That's Matt and Jeanette Prince, okay? And um, they had just moved from Arkansas, and um, I think they had been to like three or four churches, um, checking out churches, and they came to our church, and we had the open house that day. And so I'm at open house, and I'm talking to them, and I just had one of those moments where I was like, Jesus is all over these people. You ever met somebody like that? Like you come into contact with them and it's like really, really evident. Like, wow, these people really love Jesus. And so um, I met them. We had a great conversation that day. And then I think it was just like a couple weeks later, we went to lunch and I'm sitting there at lunch and I'm like, I want to know your story. And so they started telling me their story. They're like, we both went to Ohio State, they both graduated with like pretty cool degrees. You know how like some people graduate with like degree of like physical education, which isn't a bad job. I'm not saying that, okay? But like there's different degrees of degrees, okay? Let's just put it out there, okay? So they had some like really, really big degrees. And um, they started telling us their story about, you know, they graduated with these degrees. They both were you know, in these really, really, really high-end jobs, both of them super smart, both of them super successful, both of them right out of college were making, like, stupid money, okay? Like, money you're like, man, who needs that kind of money, okay? Like, they were making stupid money. And then they said this to me. They said, but we were completely unhappy. And they said, we were, like, a week away from getting a divorce, So let's break this down. Super smart, super successful careers, all the money that he could have ever wanted. Everything the world tells us that will make us happy. They had everything. Okay? And they looked at me and said, we were so unhappy. And then she said, I decided to take us to church. And she said, five years ago, we went to church and Jesus came into our lives. And over the last five years, he's wrecked our lives. And then they said something to me at the end of the, at the, end of the lunch that like blew my mind because this never happens. I'll just be honest with you, it like never happens. I had met them one time before. This is the second time that I had met them. And they, this was their quote. They looked at me and they said, Pastor Jeff, we just want you to know whatever you need to grow, elevate church and reach people for Jesus, count us in. That was the line. Do you ever talk to people and think what they just said? You think, no, they don't really mean that. But there's Every once in a while, like there's these rare moments where somebody says something to you and you're like, you really mean this. 
You like, you can like feel it in your soul. And I remember that day, I remember that day, them going, whatever you need. What are they saying? They're saying five years ago, we thought we had a mission for our life. But today, we know why we're alive. That's what they're saying. That's what they were saying to me at that lunch. At that lunch, at that day, they were saying, we thought the key to our happiness, to us finding joy in life was our jobs, our careers, our degrees, the money that we made, the success that we had, the power that we had. And then they come to this place where they go, you know what? I know why I'm alive. I'm alive to help people find Jesus. And this is what I love. They're not pastors. Like they still work normal jobs. They're just normal people, just like every single one of us in this room, just going to work, normal lives, like their kids play soccer, but they view life from this perspective. I'm here to help people find Jesus because he's the answer to happiness. He's the answer to real joy. All right, verse 17. When your self-life craves the things that offends the Holy Spirit. All right, so let's take that again. When you're, he's saying this, when your selfishness, okay, that's really what he's saying. When your selfishness craves the things of the world that offends the Holy Spirit, says this, you will hinder him, meaning who? The Holy Spirit. You'll hinder the Holy Spirit in you from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's job, though, says this, is to increase cravings. So we have these two forces in our life. We have our flesh, selfishness, ego, pride, and then we have what? The Holy Spirit, the presence of God. And they're fighting for what? They're fighting for your attention. They're fighting for your soul. They're fighting for your time. They're fighting for your thought life. They're fighting, okay? It says, as the Holy Spirit intense cravings increase, okay, it will hinder the self-life from dominating you, okay? Point number two is this. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. So the other day, um, we have staff meetings on Wednesday, and uh, I pulled the staff together, and I told them that day, I said, hey, I got to apologize for a couple things. And um, I think this is a really powerful thing. Number one, I needed to apologize to them because I need them to see that I'm not perfect. Amen? Okay? Don't hold me on a pedestal. Don't make me Jesus. Don't make me God. This happens in church all the time, Right? All right. The other thing is this. Sometimes you need to apologize to a family member. Sometimes you need to apologize to your kids. Like, don't play this like I'm perfect. Nobody's perfect, okay? And so I pulled the staff aside, and we're having our staff meeting. I said, hey, I, I need you to hear something that the Holy Spirit's, like, showing me in my life right now. And I said, there's two things that the Holy Spirit's showing me that I need to apologize for. I said, the first thing is this. The Holy Spirit told me, stop handling situations through my emotions, we all need that, amen, okay? And then the other thing, the Holy Spirit was like, hey, clean up your mouth, a.k.a. what? Don't say whatever just comes to your thoughts. 
I'm really good at this one, okay? <laughs> Let me show you something. When stressful, pressure-filled situations come, my first, my first reaction, it's not always what I follow through with, okay? You hear what I'm saying, okay? We all have like moments where we like react and it's our first moment. And then later on, we're like, okay, that's really stupid. I'm not gonna do that, okay? So that's typically my life, okay? I typically act out of like crazy, like I'm gonna destroy the world, right, Matt? Okay, and then I'm like, okay, we're gonna come back to reality, okay? All right, so my first reaction is what, typically? I, I, won't, I won't say it's fear, but I'll react out of fear. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Like a, a stressful moment comes in your life and really what's happening is your heart's filled with fear. And you're like, oh, I'm gonna lose my job. Or, oh my gosh, I can't believe this you know, happened to my kid. It's fear. So you react out of fear, all right? And then the next reaction is this. How can I fix this? Like, what can I do? in my own strength, my own ability, right? Because that's typically, as humans, what we want. We want to be in control. and We want to be able to fix things on our own, okay? So I think, how can I make this happen? The next thought is, what are people going to think? Right? Like, what's everybody going to think about this? How are they going to view this? How are they going to judge this? And then comes the anger, okay? The train, you know what I mean? Now I'm just angry about this moment, this stressful moment. So I'll show you this. When I get stressed, okay, it brings me to what? Tired. Anybody else get tired when you get stressed? When I get stressed, I'm like, I just want to sleep for days, you know, <laughs> like shut the world out. I'm like, I'm going to find the darkest, coldest basement in the world, okay? And I'm going to hibernate there, okay? So I get stressed. Then I get tired, and then I'm angry, and then what comes out of my mouth? Stress, tired, angry. So I just apologized to the staff. I said, hey, I said, the Lord's showing me something that, like, when stressful moments come, I need to not walk in fear. I need to walk in faith. I need to have my first reaction, because my later reaction is always faith. Because what happens? I go and I spend time with the Lord and the Lord kind of calms me down and gives me his perspectives. And then I'm like, okay, we're gonna walk in faith. But the Lord's like, I want you to react now out of faith instead of fear. It's a big deal. And then I need you to just like, like the Lord told me this. And I told, I told the staff this the other day, the Lord was talking to me about this fall and what's gonna happen in 2022. And the Lord's really talking to me about becoming a regional church. He's like, I want to make Elevate Church like a regional church. I want to make Elevate's name a regional name. And so the Lord's like, you can't just say whatever you want all the time. People are going to be watching. Amen? And I kind of do, okay? What is the Holy Spirit ultimately saying, though? He's saying, there's some selfish things inside of you, sometimes that you crave, that offends me. See, like, listen, Jesus will always love you, okay? Jesus is always for you. His righteousness always abounds. But that doesn't mean that you don't offend the Holy Spirit sometimes, okay? 
So sometimes, sometimes you could feel like the Lord is far away. And it's not that the Lord's far away. It's just that you've grieved the Holy Spirit. You've done something that's grieved the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's like, I can't be a part of that, right? Like, I just can't be a part of that situation. I can't be a part of your attitude. I can't be a part of your mouth right now. I can't be a part of how you reacted in the situation. I can't be a part of that thing that you just watched. I can't be a part of that. And you'll feel like the Lord's far away. He's not. It's just that the Holy Spirit's grieved. Why? Because you have selfishness that you choose to grab. So what was the Holy Spirit really saying to me? The Holy Spirit was going, Jeff, I need you to get out of my way because I want people to see Jesus through you. I don't want them to see fear. I don't want them to see your lack of faith. I don't want them to see these things. And listen, I told the staff this. I said, look, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to be perfect at this, right? Like, yes, I apologize. And, but I will have moments that I fail. See, why? Because we're not called to perfection. That's why I love the grace of God. I just love the grace of God because he's not calling us to be perfect, but he is calling us to be more like him and to look more like him. And so as the years go on, you learn how to react as Jesus would as you get closer to the Holy Spirit. Amen? All right, verse 18. But when you yield to the life of the Spirit, you'll no longer be under the law, but soaring above it. Verse 19, the behaviors of the self-life is obvious. So he starts talking about it. He goes, it's sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments. Man, I get into senseless arguments all the time, okay? I love this one. Resentment when others are favored. Can I just say as a church, can we just celebrate everybody well? Like when somebody else is blessed, when somebody else has a trip, like, you know what I mean? Like, let's really celebrate each other well. Let's be happy for each other. Let's not like question how they got that and how you don't. Isn't that interesting how we'll be like, oh, I wonder how they got that house. Who cares? Mind your own business. Temper tantrums, ooh, that stings. Angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinion. Oh, man, Jesus. Verse 21, being envious of others' blessings, murder, uncontrolled addictions, I just say the Lord wants to free you if you have any kind of addiction. I mean, any kind of addiction, any kind of addiction. You could have addiction to food. You could have addiction to pornography. You could have addiction to anything. The Lord wants you to to be free. He doesn't want you to be a slave to anything. It says wild parties and other similar behaviors. He says this, haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom, what freedom is he talking about? He's talking about the freedom we have in the Holy Spirit. The freedom we found in Jesus, right? Like, I'm just going to kill this thought that, like, I can love Jesus and do whatever I want. No, you can't. I'm sorry. Jesus did not purchase your freedom so that you could do whatever you want. Jesus purchased your freedom so you could follow him, okay? He says this, for these will not 
will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love. Point number three is this. What is love? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. I, I, listen, anytime I, I can't, I can't not, not do that. Like, it just pours out of me. It's like, I just got to, okay? Look, Jesus is love. Um, all of my young, like, kids, raise your hand real high. You're a kid, a student, raise your hand real high. Okay. I see, I see you. She's like, nope, I'm not raising my hand. She's like, I will not do that. I don't know you. I don't know why you're asking me. Oh, you're so cute, okay. All my young ones, let me give you some truth. If anybody tells you that they love you, but they don't live like Jesus and love you like Jesus, it's not real love. And you need to run. You'd be like, you are a nasty boy. Get out of here. I ain't got time for you, okay? Let me show you what love is. John 15. So this is my command. This is Jesus. Love each other deeply. Again, as a church, come on, let's love each other deeply. Let's care. Like, even if you're like on Facebook and you see somebody at church and you don't know them personally, but they have a need and you can meet their need, reach out to them. Like, love them, take care of them, be good to each other, okay? As much as I have loved you. Well, how much did Jesus love us? He gave his life. That's how much we should love other people and care for other people, okay? Verse 13, for the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. And the greatest love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends, okay? We'll find true love, we'll find true happiness, we'll find true joy when we choose to live like Jesus. What am I saying? To live sacrificially, to live like Jesus. Um, there's this Chinese saying that it goes like this. It says, if you want happiness for an hour, take a nap. Amen. Amen. Let's all take a nap today, okay? If you want happiness for a day, go fishing. I don't know about the fishing. You might like fishing, okay? It says, if you want happiness for a year, inherit a fortune. Amen. I'm naming and claiming it in Jesus' name. Somebody's leaving me their fortune in Jesus' name, okay? But it says this, if you want happiness for a lifetime, help people. I want to read you this passage that I found. It's from Time Magazine, 2017, okay? This is Time Magazine. It's not a Christian publication at all, okay? It says this, the resounding answer is yes. Scientific research proves compelling data that supports evidence that giving is a powerful pathway to personal growth and long-lasting happiness, Okay? Through fMRI technology, we now know that giving and sacrifice activates the same part of the brain that stimulates, that is stimulated by food and sex, okay? Examples, uh, experiments show evidence 
that science, that sacrifice, sorry, I'm messing this up. Experts showed evidence that sacrifice is hardwired into our brain and it makes it pleasurable. Helping others just may be the secret to a life that is not only happier, but it's healthier, wealthier, more productive, and more meaningful. Isn't it amazing how the world is constantly pulling from the Bible? This is just a biblical truth. Jesus just talked about it. He said, live sacrificially, love other people, care about other people. That's why I said, listen, when, when you're young and you find somebody, they tell you they love you, and they're not going to live sacrificially like Jesus, they don't really love you. When, when I dated Jess, I had messed up relationships. All, all of you girls, all the young girls, listen to this story. I met Jess, and the first thing I told her, I told her two things. I said, I'm not going to tell you that I love you until the day I put a ring on your finger. And I won't say this until, so like every phone call for like two and a half years would end like this. I like you so much. You know what I mean? (laughs) I know it's cheesy. I know it's cheesy. Okay. And I get it. But I had said that I loved a lot of girls and I never really meant it. Right. I really didn't mean it. So the day we got engaged, the day, why? Because sacrifice is commitment. This is how Jesus is calling us to live. He's going, be committed to your brothers and sisters. Love your brothers and sisters. Care for your brothers and sisters. Love people well. Give, sacrifice. Verse 22. But the fruit that is produced by the Holy Spirit within you by divine love is expressed in these different ways. So this is, now he's going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit, okay? So we're going to go through them, okay? First one is this joy that overflows, okay? I want you to write this down. I'm going to challenge you today. I'm going to give you some, like, homework for the week, some challenges for the week, okay? Joy that overflows, okay? So if I have joy that overflows, the question is this. Lord, how can I be a blessing to somebody else this week? Not in general. I'm talking about this week. How can you be a blessing to somebody else this week? And can I just say this? Be a blessing to somebody that can't give you anything back. Like, just bless somebody that really can't bless you. Lord, how can I be a blessing? How can I bring the joy of the Lord to somebody else's life? Okay? The next one is this. Peace. Peace that subdues. Mean this. As we spend time with Jesus, he will give us his peace, and his peace will subdue what? Fear, anxiety, worry, doubt, as we spend time with him. These are fruits of the Spirit. Joy, peace, and the next one is this. Patience. Patience that endures. So this word endure, okay, patience in the Greek means this, to never give up. Meaning what? We're never going to give up on each other. That we're going to believe the best in each other. We're going to believe the best in people. So this is a really big thing in my heart right now. Because I get it. We're like on social media and we're like, you know, we're conservatives and we believe, you know, in the Bible. And yes, I believe in all this. And we're fighting for, you know, conservative values. And it feels like we're in a war, right? And so then we look across the way, right? And we look at 
other people in this world that Jesus really cares about? And what is our first thought about them? It's negative. It's negative. And we don't remember that they are also made in the image of God and that God loves them and God has a plan for them. And we should maybe think what God would think about them, that God wants them to find him and find salvation and find grace and find forgiveness. Like, let's, let's believe the best in people. Let's not believe the worst. Let's not have our first reaction. Listen, this is really big in church too. Like in church, when we find out that somebody has failed or somebody has made a mistake, our first reaction is like, wow, I can't believe that. Like, I can't believe they said that. I can't believe they did that. Wow, like, you know, like, why don't we go, why, why isn't the first reaction like, yeah, I have flesh too. I understand they made a mistake. So let's pray for them. Let's love them. Let's, let's figure out how we can stand with them. Let's figure out how that we can help that family, help that person. Does that make sense? Let's have God's perspective, okay? All right, the next one is this. Kindness in action. All right, challenge this week. How can you be kind with your words? Dun, dun, dun. Right? How can you be kind with your words? How can you have kind words for your family, your spouse, your kids? How can you make sure your voice tones are right? Like, how can you like be at week at work this week and not like snap off on somebody? You know what I mean? Next virtue is this, a life of virtue. Okay, let me ask this question. How can your life be a blessing to the kingdom of God? How can you be a blessing? You know, my favorite thing that people say to me at Elevate Church, promise you favorite thing, is they go, just put me anywhere. I just want to serve. And I'm just like, thank God for you. Because here's the deal. Elevate Church, we can't keep reaching more people unless more people go, yeah, I'll serve. I'll greet people. I'll help with kids. I'll help with the tech team. I'll do anything to help. I'll do anything to be a blessing. Just use me. Just use my life. That, that's why I'm alive. I'm alive to help people find Jesus. And can I just say this real clear too? Like, we don't abuse people at Elevate Church. I know you might have been somewhere that abused you in, in ministry and just had you serve week and week and week and week. We do wonderful things at Elevate Church. We have like three-week rotations, four-week rotations. We don't want to burn anybody out because we think this. If everybody just hears the Holy Spirit and does their job, then we'll have enough people to take care of everything. Amen? But how can, how can I be a blessing to the kingdom of God? The next one is this, faith that prevails. Worship team, come on up. Faith that prevails, okay? Okay. I want you to think about this. In every season, how many of you know that the, in every season there's challenges? I want you to look at the situations of life and the first thing you think is faith, not fear. How would your life change if your first reaction was faith? Faith that said, 
God's for me. I know this looks bad, but he's really good at fixing things. Faith. Respond in faith. The last one is this. Strength of spirit. Most translations use this word, self-control. Okay? And this word, self-control, in the Greek means this, lordship. Lordship. You're gonna find happiness when Jesus has lordship in your life. You're gonna struggle when you're fighting him for control. And I think, and I know, because I do it personally, there's some seasons in my life that I just go, God, all right, like, hey, take the wheel, you know? Like, I really need you to take care of this. And what's so interesting is in those seasons, I'll go through some really tough things, but I'll have a lot of joy and a lot of peace and a lot of grace. And I'll kind of look back at those seasons and go, I don't know where that came from, but it was the Lord. It was just simply the Lord. And then there's seasons where I fight God to be in control. And I don't know if you've realized this yet, but when I fight God to be in control, those are usually seasons of anger, pressure, stress, you know, like those are seasons where I'm not real joyful. I'm probably really, you know, prickly to be around. Why? Because I'm fighting God and God's going, let me help you. Let me take this weight. Let me take this pressure. Let me take this stress. Let me carry it. That's what I'm designed to do. I'm God, you're not. Where are we gonna find real joy, real happiness, real peace, is when we let go and let God have control. And then when he has control, he produces all these things that we just talked about. He produces love, he produces joy, he produces patience, he produces kindness, he produces self-control. He produces all these things because you're not in control and you're just going, God, I'm gonna get out of the way because I want other people to see you. I want other people to see you. Like all the time, like that's something that God's really pressing in me right now. Like, like let, God see, let people see me when you're driving. Oh, Jesus, I need help, right? Let, let people see me like, I don't know if you've like, seen this too, like, like customer service is just terrible now. And I just wanna lose my mind. And the Lord's like, hey, don't lose your mind. Don't lose your mind. I can give you a mind of peace. When you wanna lose your mind, I'll give you, I'll give it to you. Amen? Why don't you stand up today?